the Lord wants to speak to our hearts from his word. If you have your Bible and want to turn to Romans chapter 8, that's where our scripture lesson will be found today. Romans chapter 8. And we're going to be sharing on the theme, our standing as believers. Our standing as believers. <clears throat> Thank you for that good singing. Certainly enjoyed the time of sharing together. And now we want to continue our worship as we look into God's word. Romans chapter 8, we're going to begin at verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raises Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. May the Lord add his blessing to the scripture read. Let us pray. Our kind, gracious Heavenly Father, what a delight it is to be met together in a house of prayer, gathered here with friends and neighbors, those that love Jesus, those, Lord, that have felt your working in our lives each day. As, Lord, we want to be your servants. We want to be your outstretched hands to those around us that are hurting and needing. But most of all, Lord, we want Jesus Christ to be seen in our lives. We might live before our fellow men, and we can share the goodness of what Jesus accomplished there on Calvary's cross. Lord, as it already has been prayed, we pray for those of our number that are hurting and are afflicted today that desire healing to their bodies. I just pray that you would touch each one. 
And I think also Jim Gehring, thank you for how you've been touching his body, bringing him strength. And Lord, it won't be very long that doctor will release him. And we're just praising you for your answers to prayer. And in others, Lord, that are praying and holding on, we join with them. I think of our brother Oren uh, Hofstetter going to go for surgery, I believe this Tuesday. We're praying, Lord, that you would be there that day and bring healing through surgery. We know, Lord, that you can guide the hands of the surgeon. And Lord, all that's said and done, we want to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. Thank you for how you've been with Evie this week after her surgery, uh, saying that she's feeling much better and strength is coming. I just pray that you can encourage their hearts and be with them. And then I think of Lois Buckwalter today. Uh, they were planning to come, but she's still having some problems with her sugar levels and getting that all into place. But Lord, they're just trusting you that you're going to bring healing there as well. But now, Lord, I pray that we would center our attention on you today, on your word. Pray the Holy Spirit would come and, and settle down and speak to each one of our hearts. Help us, Lord, to realize the, uh, afresh and anew the standing that we have through Christ. And I just pray that you'd bless now as we share together, for we want you, O oh Lord, to receive all the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' worthy name we pray, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Aren't you thankful today that you call yourself a Christian and you're part of the family of God? I asked the team to share in the closing hymn today that old song. I believe it's a Gaither song. We're glad to be part of the family of God. Salvation, friends, is more than just fire insurance. You know that. I, I trust so. It's your ticket, yes, to go to heaven. But that starts right here and now. We now bend the knee in praise to the Lord and live for his honor and glory. We enjoy the many blessings that he showers upon us. Oh, I'm so thankful today that God cares for every one of us. He knows us by name. And he knows our todays. He knows our tomorrows. And it's just so wonderful that we can have that personal relationship because that is what Jesus Christ brings to us. And that's what God the Father desires. In fact, as you would study the scriptures and read through the Bible, you'll see that the whole Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, are all working on our behalf. And this morning, for a while, we want to see that, uh, how or what is our standing that we have through Jesus Christ. God shows us his attitude there in Luke. Luke expresses it well, Luke 12, 32. He says, fear not, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Well, now that, that sounds good, doesn't it? To say he wants to, to give us his good pleasure. If he'd have just said pleasure and not put in the word good, it would have been all right. But I like that adjective, good pleasure. That means so much more. That's an emphasis of God working for us. And so we want to, for a little while this morning, take a closer look at the Trinity and also the angels that are about us. And we want to see what each part of the Godhead does for us as believers. And so we begin then with God the Father, God the Father. Verse 31 in Romans 8 said, If God before us, who can be against us? Does that encourage you today? I trust it does. 
We are children of God, and we can be assured that God is for each one of us. In Genesis 1, verse 26, God says, let's make man in our image. Let him have dominion over all things. God gave us that control or authority or dominion over everything that was created. He allows us to be victorious in the choices that we make. But we need to always remember, give him the praise and the honor and the glory that is due his name. Sadly, some would even go, though, to say, well, they think they should have a little bit of credit in this. Remember, we're not the master or the of the creation, only God is. Never try to rise to the level of taking credit for what God has done. Do you remember King Herod? The Bible tells us that one day he was thinking of all the wonderful things he did. He was speaking to his people and somebody said, oh, he sounds like a God. Wow. In that moment, the Bible says he was eaten up by worms and died. Now, I'm not sure God would be that drastic today, but it's a good lesson, isn't it? We should give God the glory and praise in everything that is accomplished. Oh, there's other incidences you could, I could speak of throughout the scriptures, similar things that happen. And so let's give God glory. Yes, we are children of the Lord, and I, I want to just emphasize in three ways. First, through the creation which God seeks out our fellowship. He created us to have fellowship with him. You know there in Genesis how he came down in the cool of the day and he talked and walked with Adam and Eve. Wouldn't that be something every evening to have God come and have a chat with you? But what happened? Sin entered in and broke that fellowship. But I'm so thankful through Jesus Christ we can again be restored back to our love and fellowship with the Lord. Secondly, it is through that recreation in Christ that it happens. What he has accomplished for us there on Calvary. And then thirdly, when he was on the cross, he shed his precious blood. That's the only way that we have remission of sin, that we are forgiven, and then we become heirs together with him someday. So friends, this morning we ought to all be praising the Lord. Now this fine singing we're enjoying, I'll tell you, I don't know how we're so quiet. You know, I just have to put my antenna up every so often and praise to God for all that he has accomplished. We are the blood-washed body, part of the church, and we're all equal together. You've heard me say it many times, there's level ground before the cross. None is greater than another, but Jesus is the one we follow. Yes, we live in a fallen world where the devil is the prince and power of the air, but praise the Lord Jesus Christ conquered him. <laughs> the devil thought he had him. He put him in the tomb. I'm going to head of the Easter story here a little bit. But he thought he had him. He died on the cross and they were rejoicing. But what happened? The grave could not hold him. Three days later, he rose triumphant. And that power that, of that resurrection is going to take us to heaven too someday. Praise his name. And so I'm so thankful today what Jesus accomplished for us. This is our victory only 
through the name of Jesus. And it's accepting his provisions that he makes for us. We're not our own. He, he is our, he, he owns us. We're his possession. God has blessed us that way. So then to be what God intends us to be, it's an absolute must that we have this proper relationship to our creator. We're overcomers through the grace of God. As Paul said again, if God before us, who can be against us? Secondly, Jesus the Son. John 17, verse 22 reads, And the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. Well, Jesus is saying that he wants to share his glory with us that God had given to him. And I think the words there at the end of the book of Matthew, chapter 28, where Jesus says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age or the world. I think we're coming close, folks. Coming close. But aren't you glad he's with us? He's not going to leave us or forsake us. Praise his name. Paul says, Christ came who is over all. This gives to us today the undisputed claim to that position of sonship in the Son of God. For this creator of all things says to you and me as believers, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. That should give us reason for rejoicing. Amen. Jesus took our place in the cross. If you'd have been downstairs in the class we looked at Isaiah 52 and also chapter 53, often referred to the suffering chapter. I read through those verses and I'm just overwhelmed of how Jesus suffered and died for us. And then verse 10, he says in chapter 53, that God willed that he would suffer. How could a father want his son to go through something like that? And yet we have to realize the awfulness of sin. That was the only way sin could be taken care of. Jesus took our place. He paid the debt that you and I owed. And so we should be eternally thankful and grateful. And so I have no problem accepting salvation that was provided for us by our Savior. I gladly accept eternal life that he's giving to us. But let's not stop there. We have God working for us. And we have Jesus living in, in, within us. How can we not be victorious? The scripture says, in him I live and move and have my being. I wouldn't want to live any other place, would you? Philippians 2, 9 through 11 reads, Therefore God also has highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, of those in heaven and of those on the earth and of those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Just who is that going to be? That includes all of us. That includes that atheist. How many of you heard on March the 14th that Stephen Hopkins, a well-known scientist and atheist, went into eternity? He was a God-hater, made light of it. He said, we're just like computers. 
pull the plug, and that's it. I think today if we could talk to him, he'd have something else to say. But I'm so thankful today that we can know the realities of Jesus Christ. Uh, I think it takes more faith to be an atheist than it does to be a Christian. Think about that. Ponder that. I believe the Bible from cover to cover. Oh, yes, I thank God for a godly home, a Christian heritage. But it took more than that. It took the day that I came to the altar of prayer and confessed my need. You heard me say it was in an old-fashioned tent meeting there in Rabbit Hill, Millersburg, Pennsylvania. A young boy, 10 years old. But I knew I needed a Savior. And the Lord so gratefully met my need. I've never been the same, nor do I want to be. And so I give him praise today. Every king, every dictator, every ungodly person someday is going to bow their knee and acknowledge that, yes, there is a God. There is a Son of God. There is the Holy Spirit. But I'm so thankful today as believers, we can start right now. We're now today giving praise to him. And we heard it there in some of those beautiful songs that we sang. Yes, sir, there are those throughout history that have tried to stamp out Christianity, take the Bibles and burn them. Aren't you thankful today you have a Bible? Amen, yes. God's word is alive and real, and I trust that you're getting into it. This morning my daughter was there with her phone. You know, you have the Bible on your phone now. I'm glad I had mine because if I'm going visiting and, oh, I forgot my Bible. No, I got it with me. I can still get the scripture. But she reads the Bible through on her phone. And I, I would encourage that. A number of years I did that. And of late I'm doing a different method. But whatever works, get into the word. That's what I want to encourage you. Amen. Well, then, the blessed Holy Spirit. The blessed Holy Spirit, the comforter. John 14, 16, and 17 says, And I will pay the, pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he dwells within you and shall be, or with you and shall be in you. The Holy Spirit dwells within the heart of the believer. He is our comforter. He's our guide. He's our helper for every day. And the Bible is very clear concerning the experience of receiving the Holy Spirit. Back in the Old Testament, it talks about Daniel, who was a man said to be filled with the Spirit. And then God instructed Moses also to, to choose Joshua, in, a man in whom the Spirit is. And then we go to the New Testament. We know the story of John the Baptist how he was filled with the Spirit within his mother's womb. I can't explain all that, but that's what the Bible says. And then we come to the book of Acts. There when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the church, those uh, 120 in the upper room. When I was in Israel, we went to a large upper room, and I thought, could this have been the place? I don't know, but oh, wow. That was exciting to be there. 
But we know that Acts 1.8 tells us, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, some people struggle over that about those tongues. There's really no problem. There was the Feast of Pentecost, and people had gathered from all around the world, uh, true Jewish believers, and came to Jerusalem. These men and women came out of the upper room and began to share what God had done, and everyone understood in their own language. That was the tongues. God used it to bring out his message and no one could be standing there. What are they saying? I don't understand Hebrew or I don't understand Latin. They all heard in their own language. Paul later speaks of our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling dwelling place. That speaks to me the importance of living a holy life for God's honor and glory. Ephesians 5, verses 17 and 18 are interesting instruction there. He says, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation or debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. When you're filled, you know it. God is working in you. In fact, I believe here Paul makes it just as great a sin not to be filled with the Spirit as to be drunk. It's an instruction not to be taken lightly. If we have God with us, if we have Jesus with us, if the Holy Spirit is within as well. Well, we've just touched the surface of what the Holy Spirit does. My, we could preach many messages on that. But then what about the angels? Do you believe in angels, by the way? Well, I'm glad to see your heads are nodding. I do, too. Yes, positively. Psalm 34, verse 7 says, The angel of the Lord encampeth around those that fear him and delivers them. Now, how many angels are there? Can anybody tell me? We don't know. But this we do know. When Lucifer, the devil, was cast out of heaven, one-third of all the angels were cast out with him. You see, Lucifer was the son of the morning. He must have been a tremendous personality, right next to God there. But he wasn't satisfied. He wanted to take the, the top position. And he was cast out. And so that tells me at least two-thirds of the angels are on our side, right? And why do we struggle sometimes? We're so quick to listen to that one bad angel when there's two good ones here trying to tell us to do what is right. I go with the majority man. Whoops, there I lost. Okay. I go with the two rather than the one. How about you? Yes, praise the Lord for ministering angels. In fact, Hebrews 1 verse 14 says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who inherit salvation? We got two to one in our favor. And I, I thank God for that today. There's angels all around us. If our eyes could be open to see, we would realize that. They're here to bless and encourage I love that old song that we sang this morning. There's more 
with us and be with them. We're on the winning side. With banners unfurled, we'll tell the whole world that Jesus is captain and guide. There's not to fear, nothing to fear when he's near. Though fierce the conflict may be, oh yes, it gets hard sometimes, does it not? But we never give in the fight against sin for Christ. With Christ, there's victory. As that prophet said to his servant, who went out and saw the wicked armies that were coming against him. And he said, oh, Lord, what are we going to do? Back in 2 Kings chapter 6, the story is told to us. The prophet said, oh, Lord, open his eyes to see. And then he saw the armies of heaven that were around on the mountaintops. They were there to give them victory. Read that story. It's an amazing account how God blinded the eyes of the enemy the prophet led them right into their capital city. They gave them a wonderful meal and sent them home with their blessings. Now that's how to take care of your enemy. They never came back to torment them. Love won the day, praise the Lord. So, oh Lord, open our eyes that we might see we're serving the God of the universe, the God of the ages, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the great I Am. You know, the devil can bark and cause a lot of havoc, and you can see it everywhere today, but just remember, keep your eyes on Jesus. He's coming soon. He's the Lord of lords and King of kings. I'm overwhelmed when I think of what is available to us as believers. So why do we so often forget and seem to claim so little of our blessings Luke said it well there in Luke 12, verse 32. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And then Romans 8, verse 37. We're more than conquerors through him who loved us. Praise his name. So where's your position today as a believer? I pray that you're standing tall and stronger than ever. If not... You need to start praying and seeking the God of the heavens because he's cheering you on and he's working for you. I'm so glad, friends, today to be part of the family of God. And the team is coming now and they're going to sing that song to us in closing.